who's really to blame? Are we still looking for a scapegoat? Have we been programmed to do so? Who's being held accountable for what we're not doing? Why is it so hard to break the mental shackles? Why don't we stop and look at what's really going on? Newsflash, it is your fault as an individual because you neglected to do your own research instead of taking what anyone tells you at face value. Tonight, we're going to stop placing the blame. And we're going to talk about who's really the blame. Without further ado, let's get right to it. Good evening. Good evening. Who's the blame, in your opinion? Who's the blame for? For for the current state, I know it's, it's open, and I, I left it open intentionally. Who's the blame? Because we're so quick to blame everybody else for everything else without identifying who or what we're blaming them for. So let's start okay. with society. Let's start with that first. Who's to blame for okay. what's going on in society nowadays? We are. I, I think even even if you leave it as a blanket statement, I think I think truthfully, just being honest, um, we as individuals, we are the blame. We are the blame for our current state. We're the, we are the blame for what is going on, what is happening in society when it comes to. Um, everything. Um, you know, when it comes to gosh, children um, being defiant and unruly, and um, I think that that we individuals, we are the blame. The people who um, live in the society, the people who are affected most by everything that's going on, we are the blame. It, it is. I think the responsibility falls on our shoulders to push harder, to go farther, um, to fight longer, and we don't. You know, there's an injustice here, an injustice there, and we gripe and we complain and we come together and we march for a few days and then we go back to our own daily lives and not saying that we forget, but, but we put it on the back burner because our our life is happening. And so... We're trying to, you know, stay afloat with with that. And um, the bigger issues, they continue to get pushed to the wayside. I agree. I think that we're so uh, self-centered, if you will, or there's a a false idea or image of of self-centeredness when, in fact, you're not. You're still blaming everyone else. Even when in society, when something happens, a tragedy takes place, or a travesty in the in the system takes place, you kind of just feel as though you've done enough by just marching. Okay, you're not looking at the the deeper picture, the deeper issue, uh, or the deeper colors in the picture, if you will, to figure out. 
what and how this could have been avoided? What could have been done to avoid this? And how could have been avoided? Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I think that we, as best we can, we need to be in preventative mode. Um, unfortunately, if we don't prevent, you know, um, or try to prevent occurrences and they happen, then it's, you know, it's it's all downhill from there. It's just a slippery slope because um, emotions get involved and they they take over on both sides. When if you look at um, police brutality cases, now I'm not saying that. You know, it's it's not going to happen if we are in preventative mode. No, what I am saying is that if if we are and we teach children to check the taillights, we teach our children to um, drive the speed limit, we teach our children to you know put your license and registration in a place where it's easily accessible. You know, we teach our children to communicate effectively. Um, we are therefore trying to, I guess, circumvent um, a situation from going bad if they get pulled over. Um, you know what I'm saying? We teach our children the importance of, you know, making it back home. Don't get wrapped up in um, the emotional aspect of, of, you know, if you're pulled over and, and you think you're pulled over because you're black, okay, that that's fine, we get that. Um, but the goal is to answer the questions, take the ticket, and make it home. If we are teaching, if we're teaching that, then I think, again, I'm not saying it solves all the issues, but I think it helps. So essentially, it's, I, I believe I'm, I'm hearing um, one of the things is, is is the respect. You know, I'll hit you respect the situation for what it is, and your objective is to make it home. So you may not agree with what's going on, but you maintain the level of respect so that you can make it home. I'm not saying kiss anybody's ass by any stretch. I'm simply saying respect yourself, maintain your level of respect, so that way you can make it home. Because if you maintain your level of respect, you're forcing other people to respect you accordingly. Exactly. You know, and and again, it's, it's you know, I, I've been pulled over. <laughs> um, I've, I've, I've taken my tickets and I've, I've driven on. Um you know, and, and that's just what it is, you know. So you, you get pulled over and it's um, a salutations or what have you and, you know, ask for your license and registration. Um, typically, I'm told why I'm pulled over or they'll say, do you know why I pulled you over? And, you know, yes, I was speeding. You know, I know what I'm doing, you know. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and argue with you. I'm not going to justify it. You know, I'm not going to cry about it. I'm not going to think that you're pulling me over for any other reason. If I know what I'm doing, you know, I'll, you know, by law you need to tell me. But, you know, if I know I'm speeding, I'm going to go ahead and tell you I was speeding. You know, yes, I know why you pulled me over. Um, 
that's it. I'm just you take it on the chin and you keep on moving. You you've learned, you know, and and you live to to see another day. Um, there's no. I, I think that you know you have to teach. We we have a responsibility to teach our children and to teach anyone we come across how to respond appropriately um, in any situation. And 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 quite honestly, being truthful, that's that's basically being like you said, being respectful of yourself and being honest with yourself about about the real reason or about what it is you did to put yourself in a situation. Now, again, don't get me wrong, I know that in some situations, you know, you may be racially profiled. Um, you know what I'm saying? That I'm not saying that doesn't happen. That does happen. Um, but here again, if we educate ourselves on uh, different and this may get me in trouble, but if we educate ourselves on different looks that are um, red flags or that make us look like we uh, are criminal because they do have um, standards that they look at to to try, I think I think they do. They have boundaries. Um, that they look at. So if if we educate ourselves on those um, and try not to be that, then we are in preventative mode. I read this article the other day about this uh, four-year-old child who goes to a private school and um, the school has had rules about hair since the 70s, and and the child um, was a boy who wanted to wear his hair braided, cornrowed, and um, he went to school with the cornrows, and then he was expelled or, you know, suspended or what have you, simply because, you know, if if that's the, the hairstyle is not, one in the school's regulations for for boys, okay. Um, now I'm sure they I don't know how lenient the policy is when it comes to girls or what have you, but this was a boy and he was not aware allowed to wear, you know, braids to school, and and the mother um, was didn't get the attention that she wanted and didn't get the results that she wanted from the school, so she took it to social media to get the you know the Public, the court of public opinion, and um, you know, there's outrage here and there. Some supported school, some supported the mother. But anyway, she had said something in her statement about being able to live in your truth and not sacrifice who you are in order, you know, to abide by a rule that should have been done away with. You know that a rule that should that should evolve as we're evolving, right? So I asked myself the question: Does a hairstyle determine who you are? I am not my hair. 
if I may, um, you, you may mention up several points here. One, the rules are the rules. Okay? You chose to come, you chose to have your child in this, uh, inst- learning institution. And their rules are just that. <clears throat> the rules have been that way long before you, before you came here. Why should we adjust the rules for you? That's one. Two, when you're dealing with with uh, law enforcement, as you mentioned earlier, well, maybe not even law enforcement, just just people in an authoritative authoritative position, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And start that all starts at home. All this starts at home. If you haven't taught your child respect at home, what make you think he's going to be respectful in the streets? Mm-hmm. If you're 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 really giving your child a bad a, a mixed signal because you, you're teaching him that all the rules should be adjusted for him. Mm-hmm. Your child is special to you, but he's no different than mm-hmm. anybody else. He must abide by the rules. By the rules. That's that's yeah, part of our problem. Right. I don't I don't know. I know what profiling is. But I don't, I don't necessarily know specifically what racial profiling is. To me, that's an emotion. That's your emotions flaring up because you feel as though somebody has done it. Has this been proven? No. It hasn't. Show me the fact that it was a racial profiler. Okay, but let me ask you a question. And, you know, I know this is such a broad topic here, so I know we may be going off a little bit, but how can you prove racism? Racism is perception. Um, now, now, don't get me wrong. I know that there, there are certain situations where people have blatantly been called N-word or have blatantly been, you know, told that they – they cannot do something or be something or go somewhere or cannot receive service because they are black or, you know, what have you. But sometimes racism isn't that blatant. Sometimes it, it is implied because either one or the other um, don't want to directly say what they're really feeling. They, you know what I mean, they hint um, or beat around the bush or, you know, something to that effect. It's it's not, it's not as, unfortunately, I don't think racism is as black and white, you know, as, as it should be. I don't know. I, I don't, again, I, like I said, I've, I've never... Um been called the n-word uh, by anyone except for black people in my life face into my face um so i'm just speaking purely from a uh, uh idea situation you the problem is we've allowed that word to incite an emotion but what we don't realize is out of doing so, it's coming from a place of ignorance, right? Because we know, well, we should know 
that the N-word actually means royalty. Okay, the word nigga actually means royalty in the Ethiopian language, which is Africa, people people don't know. Um, but we've allowed someone else to come and give it another meaning. Some may take it to mean black, which it doesn't. There's a word for black, and it's black. Some will take it and try to synopsize it with ignorance. There's a word for ignorance, and that is ignorance. So in the Ethiopian language, the word nigga actually means royalty. Could it be you're upset because of your lack of knowledge of knowing what the word means? And they're saying this out of ignorance as well, but you're matching ignorance with ignorance, which incites emotion. What's your thoughts on that? I guess it'll be the same, you know, for me, the first thing that comes to mind is it's the same concept as, um, similar concept as a, a female being called a, a bitch. Um, <laughs> you know, knowing that a bitch is, is actually a female dog, um, you know, so some females, when they're called one, they, you know, is hooping, hollering, and ready to, you know, sweep the streets with one another. Um, so I guess for me, that's the same concept, um, especially when it comes to, like you said, people not knowing uh, the real meaning behind the word. Um, but then you have, you know, you have some some women out here and, you know, they use it loosely as a term of endearment. You know, that's the same thing that's going on with the N-word. So, again, I mean, I'm, I, I don't want to get too far off topic, but, again, it's racism. It's just, it's it's not as, black and white in some instances. It's it's implied. So, you know, I, I going back to your original statement where, you know, emotions or feelings get involved because they people or think they're being racially profiled, well and you and you said has it been proven. Well in in certain cases or in that instance maybe not, but um there there have been enough cases where racial profiling has gone on and the entire encounter with whomever has, you know, ended up with someone being killed or, you know, or hurt. Racial profiling versus a uh, 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 act portrayed by racists is two different things. Yes, it is. So, when races are, um, I guess if you say on, on the move, they're not profiling you because you're black. They're acting because you're black. So I, I really don't, um, I got to uh, table that for another show, of course, you know. Yes, but it still, it still, it still falls on on the blame, right? Because we've allowed someone else ideas 
to essentially become cancerous in our mind. That's essentially what it is. Somebody else is saying that it's this when, in fact, it could be something else. But no one goes and had a conversation to figure out, well, is it because I'm black or is it because I'm walking with my pants hanging down? Is it because of my hair? You know what I mean? Like, no one knows what it is. We just assume that it's one way or another. Right. Instead of just asking the question. I mean, and, you know, I think that's, that's <laughs> when it comes down to it, in most cases, it's the answer can be solved. Um, with asking the simple question. Okay, check this out. You you riding down the road, you get pulled over, okay? And and you weren't speeding, you weren't doing anything wrong. All right. Cop pulls you over and um you know, you greet instead of instead of um balling up in an attitude and and immediately like you said, thinking that you you've been racially profiled, it's you know, you ask the question. May I ask why you pull me over? Or wait, he's he gonna, he gonna, he gonna, do you know I pulled you yeah. over? I don't. Or, or wait, you know, till the question comes. But you know, it's it's as soon as we get pulled over, it's we want to hoot and holler and you know, like why are you pull me over? I wasn't doing anything wrong. This is racial and. And, you know, we start going in, and it's just like, you know, hey, you know, come. Like, you know, you esca- you're escalated. And so if I'm on the other side of the window, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to remain calm while you are escalated and appear to be agitated? And, that, and that's what it is. I mean, so again, even in that situation, who's to blame because they're not taught to de-escalate? Right. So you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's so much that, that, that we, we're forgetting. Yeah. But yeah, we're because, still in control. Right, because you're right. Street cops aren't taught to de-escalate. You know, when you even, you know, even to, they are, they're not taught. They're, they're trained. They're like, Gosh, I hate to put it like this, but they're like canines. When, when you know, when you when you look at a police dog, and you know you're sending them for for drugs, and you you turn them loose, they go until they find the drugs. They go hard. They sniffing and you know they doing everything. They, there's no turn off button for them, you know. Um, so, so cops are much are much like their canines in that sense. When you know when they're in a situation, the only thing that they know to do is arrest or whatever you know whatever that one goal is. If they if they're called out to your house for domestic for domestic violence, then they're not coming out there to mediate. 
They're coming out there to take one of you in. That is the goal. They have objectives. And um, when they're in situations like that, like you said, they're not taught to de-escalate. So it is our responsibility to understand their training, not, not to the fullest, but understand that this isn't the time nor the place for me to try and get out of whatever it is I'm in. Okay, this person, whoever this is, what they want to do, what they have to do is pull me over, they have to search my car, they have to take me in. Okay, I'm going to go in. Okay, because I know that once I go in, I'm going to get my phone call, I'm going to get my attorney, and I'm going to have my day in court. But we're not thinking that way. We're trying to avoid going in. And, and, And in most cases, we do avoid it. By death. Yeah. So you're right. It's our responsibility to um, to know the time and the place, to know the battles to fight, and and the ones to let God fight. You know, it's 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 a matter of knowing when to and when not to. And you know, and and quite honestly, we're we're talking about. Um, that that was just like one of the most recent or one of the easiest um, situations that come to mind is is dealing with, you know, um, a policeman or someone in an authoritative figure. But in any situation, it's we have to take ownership of our part, you know. I do. We, We have to, you know, we have to. Even when it comes to raising, you know, raising kids, we have to own what we teach and what we don't teach. You know, we we have to own it. And um, I mean, if if we don't, who, if we don't take responsibility, then who does it fall on? Who else would it fall on? Who else is going to be responsible for you? There's nobody out here responsible for you. I'm responsible for you as your wife. You're responsible for me as my husband. Um, but in that same token, I have to be responsible for myself. You know what I mean? It's, I have to be smart enough not to put you as my husband in certain situations um, because the outcome can be detrimental. I agree. <clears throat> now, in all fairness, in in that situation, as as we all know, as as, as a man, um, again, emotions are liable to take off, right? Because I'm not going to have you handling or what I feel is disrespectful to my wife. To my family, whatever the case may be, I'm not gonna feel this type of way, and that's where the problem would really come in, right? The emotional versus saying, okay, well, we're going to fight, but we're not gonna fight right here, right now. You're gonna get yours per se, you know, in court or what have you, and I'll make sure that all this is brought up. But right now isn't the time to fight. I can calmly state my position, you know, 
you know, officer, um, do you mind calling the, another female officer to pat my wife down instead of <clears throat> you being a man and, and patting her down? You know what I mean? Calmly made the request, and I, I'm sure I would be obliged because it's still it's still humanity. And once you start dealing with humans as humans instead of trying to take them someplace else, I think we'll get a better a better result. But the problem is when you're trying to to fight a system with a system, but you don't have a system. If that makes sense. Or you don't even know the system. Mm-hmm. So we got to get out of that notion of, 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 again, the hearsay. We're taking what somebody else tells us and running with it instead of saying, hold up, this is within my rights. This is within their duty. You, you, you follow me? Ask, mm-hmm. You can ask the question. You can ask the question. But if you respect yourself, you're not going to come out and, and speak disrespectfully, because remember, you respect you respect yourself. Would you agree? Yes, I do. So again, it goes back to to teaching. It goes back to to home. Again, if, if you wasn't taught respect part of your foundation, then how would you attain or obtain respect in order the to responsibility falls on 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 us. On us as parents or on us as individuals. Because Peace. at some point you gotta stop essentially um I'm not going to say, well, stop going off like what somebody else have told you. Again, even your parents. You know, at some point, you got to start researching for yourself and take that tip of the iceberg or that tip of information or that mustard seed of information and dig deeper, dig to the root of it. So that way you'll be more versed in the situation or have, you know, more knowledge when it comes to it. Right, so it's. It, it, I think the responsibility is on us as people, um, on us as individuals. Yes, I mean, parents, we have a responsibility to to teach our children, and you know, of course, as the Bible says, train them up in a way that they should go. Um, you know, we do have that responsibility, and, and that's that's word, you know. But um, in the same token, like you said, once they they get to an age where they understand a little bit for themselves. It's, you know what, just don't don't take my word for it. You know, read it for yourself. You know, experience this for yourself. You know, um, it's our job to try again and teach our children, um, instill in our children uh, a level of respect that they would have for themselves, and then to it will be put forth you know, into the world and, and into different people that they deal with. Um, I think it's 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 our responsibility to 
to validate our child, not to not to demean them or um, bring them down. It's you know our our job is to lift, and um, because in lifting our children and validating and validating them, they don't have a need to invalidate anyone else. They're not going to want to tear anyone else down just to make them feel better. They already feel good about themselves. Or they don't um, have so to I go out they, any place else to get validation. Right. So it's they're they're not you know, and people seek validation in different ways. You know, people see some people seek validation for a fight. Like, you know, growing up in the hood, you know, if you can't fight then you you ain't really no hood person. You know, like individual. Like you don't you ain't hood if you can't fight. So growing up in the hood, you, you may have had to fight your way through just to prove yourself, um, depending on where you grew up. You know what I'm saying? So I think that if, if, if we are doing that as parents, um, then we're doing our part to make the world a better place, place to live in. And I, and I agree, you know, growing up in the neighborhood, it is, <clears throat> there are certain tests that you will uh, be faced, and it's, and it's almost like a rite of passage, if you will. Well, it's the same thing into adulthood, except you realize that the violence is the tool of the ignorant. As, as men, as adults, we should be able to have a conversation to settle our problems, our issues involving our fists. Mhm. And I know that's that's weird and odd coming from me, but that's a fact. Mm-hmm. So we have to teach. we have to teach beyond that. We have to teach beyond where we're at to where we're going so we can make it to where we're going. And once we get there, we got to teach beyond that so we can continue to progress. Because if we continue to stay stagnant or, or get complacent where we're at, we're ne- we'll never grow. And then again, it'll be someone else's fault. It'll never be our fault. That is true. I think the biggest thing here is to what you're saying earlier, and I'm just going to piggyback off of that. It is our faults as individuals. And I think it's everyone's faults collectively to teach or haven't te- have, have taught other individuals. You can't get someplace and not share it with someone else. You gotta spread the knowledge. Mm-hmm. What good is it for you to get there if you're not teaching someone else how to get there? What good is it for you to get there and be there by yourself? You know, you need to bring, you know, not necessarily like you said, not not bring people with you per se, but you know. If you've achieved something, then 
I think it's only right, it's only fair to leave the manual behind for the next person. I agree 100%. Leave the manual. Now, if you don't read it, that's on you. But I did leave the blueprint. So you should not go along and make the same mistakes that I did. And we have to get out of of, of this comparison and, 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 and blaming. You know, um, tells me we were talking about the storming of the Capitol. And it was like, if, you know, you know if they was black, you know, it would have went some other way. No, I don't know that. How do you know? That's the question. How do you know? Because it wasn't that way. We like to take hypotheticals and, and let our imagination just run wild. Um, here's, here's the problem with that, though. Imaginations have broken up marriages. Imaginations have broken up families. Imaginations have gotten people fired. You know, while so while imaginations can be good for imagining, um, it, it can be bad when you're trying to apply your imagination um, in real life. I agree. So, is, no. what what is what is what does that actually mean? Once you start adding in hypotheticals, that's the reason why you know. And I'm and I'm gonna say this, and I might get in trouble as you said earlier. No one has the hypothetical game on lock like women. And mm-hmm. I say that because we we try to have an argument and. A woman has already thought seven, eight, nine different scenarios. They haven't even thought quite. And then once you find yourself arguing about something that hasn't even that doesn't even exist. Mhm. And now everybody's upset, and it's like, wait a minute, this is not even real. Yeah, real, right? So I'm not gonna say that that's a that's a that's a woman's characteristic, uh, but but we're holding it down in that area. Definitely, definitely. So it's not, it's not it's not proper for 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 a man to say, you know, to start dealing with these hypotheticals because we deal more logical. Damn that. So we got to, like you said, you know, we got to remove the hypotheticals and and deal with what's in front of us for real, in reality. Right. And and straight up, the reality of it is, is black people did not storm the White House. That's reality. That's reality. Period. There is no if. You know, if that was us or not, it ain't. It's not. So why are we going to sit up here and engage in an argument if? That's the sad part right there. 
because we 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 don't we don't want to deal with reality. We want to deal with, as we used to say back in the day, the play play. Mm-hmm. We don't. So why haven't we advanced? Because we're not dealing with reality. We're not. We're not. We're too busy blaming everybody else. We're 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 looking for a scapegoat instead of the reality. And that is, I had a part in it, and I screwed up, and let's move on. Yeah. I mean, you know, and and I think that even even in that from. Um, in everyone's best interest, you know, I think that we have to pray for discernment. You know, I think that I know that, you know, when when you when you getting ready to go out and you getting ready to go out and do some dirt and deep down, you know, it God put it in your in your it's in your bones. All right, you gotta stay your ass at home. You know, and you know. I don't need to be doing this, that, and that. I don't need to do this. I don't need to do that. But instead of listening to your spirit of discernment, and instead of listening to uh, to, to God telling you to sit this one out, you you get up and you go on down and you do whatever you're going to do, and the next thing you know, you got hemmed up. But had you listened... You you wouldn't have been there in the first place. It's now watch this. Now, I'm, I'm gonna give you some. I'm gonna give you some with that. I'm sorry to cut you off, but also when when he gives you that, he always there's always a follow up, right? There's always somebody to come in and confirm what you're already feeling. Mm-hmm. What you already know. What you already know. Now, don't get me wrong. Yeah. He already knows the decision you're going to make. He already knows the outcome. Your life has already been planned. So, you know, God, as good and great as he is, he already knows what your next move is going to be. But there's these warning signs that you get that you should pay attention to um, because it can help you avoid some things, avoid some situations. Um, and keep you on the path. I think that you know you you may veer off the path that God has for you, and you know, but avoidance can keep you on the path um, to live to see another day, or you know, to keep you on the path to freedom and whatever the case may be. Um, but you're right. You know, you get that that feeling down in your bones and the pit of your stomach that you know, no, nah, I shouldn't. You know, but man, I guess I'll go on down here and, you know, shake a leg and, you know, next thing you know, somebody then came by and be like, man, you know, I just left them down there. They they doing this, that, and the third. You you just sit at home, but you get up and you go anyway. And boom, before you know it, you know, the, the cops stand there, the, the the dogs got everybody on the wall, and you know, you going in with the rest of them or whatever the situation may be, but. It would behoove you to listen to the spirit of discernment so that you bring God into the situation. 
because when God is in it, there is no confusion. You know, and like you said, when you're dealing with people, um, humanity on a, with a level of respect for self and for others, then only good can come from that. You know, we can't we can't go around trying to point the finger at the system for holding us down. We can't point our finger at the system for, you know, not having or not reaching, you know, our savings goal or you can't point the finger at the system for not being educated. Um, at some point we have to own that. It's it's our fault. You know, it's 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 my fault that I didn't read my history book, you know, in the way that I should. It's my fault that I didn't study math and I failed my math test. It's it's my fault. That you went to the gym instead of the library. Yeah, or or that I went to get me a cheeseburger instead of the gym. Hey, I mean, come on now. You know, just being real, it's that that's on me. Well, you know, part of part of with that and I'm 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 gonna give you this the story. I, I get off work, I get ready to go to go to class and I was I was in for my second degree. And I'm on my bike just riding, trying to stretch out my legs, because, you know, standing up all day, you just wanna so I light my cigar and I get on my bike and I start pedaling. And go hit the corner, cop cars everywhere, cats all over the sidewalk, all over the, just, just laid down. And I politely kept rolling. They look at me, look at them, keep on about my business. They nodded at me. I took my cigar and kept about my business. All that was because of my level of respect. I'm, I have zero to do with this. Zero. So I'm not going to stop and figure out what's going on. I'm not going to figure out who needs to call who. I'm not going to figure out anything because that is none of my business. You know what's funny? is that we see a situation like that and we often want to intervene and we want to pick out our phone and start recording. But when we see children being abducted, when we see women being beaten, when we see old people being knocked over or being mugged, you know, when we see stuff happening in our own hood, we see places being robbed. We see, you know, we see disrespect between you know, women and and children and husband and wives. When we see all this other stuff going on, don't nobody want to intervene. Don't nobody want to say nothing. We see we see teenagers out here, you know, with their with their pants hanging down and you know, cursing and and being disrespectful to each other and people in passing. But but we're not gonna stop and say, hey, you know, hey, what's that language? You know, you need to. You know, we we're not gonna intervene then. But as soon as we see a situation going on 
that has absolutely nothing to do with us. We we want to break out our camera and, and, and start videotaping, and we want to hoop and holler, you know, police brutality, he shouldn't have done this, that, and the third, when we didn't already miss half the show. We already missed, you know what I mean? Like, we didn't even catch it from the beginning. Like, but here we are, want to want to put the system on blast, but we won't hold each other responsible and hold each other accountable for, for how we treat or mistreat each other. Like, I don't, I don't understand that. Well, we, 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 we prostitute it, right? We prostitute everything. It's, it's, it's when it's convenient for us. We're going to use it to our, to our benefit when it's convenient for us. But the fact of the matter is, the things that we should be concerned with, to your point, all the examples you gave earlier, we don't. Now, I'm not one to, I can't even reach my back to pat myself on the back, but I had that revelation a long time ago. When I see something wrong, I'm going to call it. When I see, because remember, we represent each other. So when I see something that's not of the proper caliber, I step on it. That's the best I can do. Mm-hmm. I redirect it because mm-hmm. maybe you don't know. And I'm going to you mm-hmm. with a level of respect, so you're receiving the respect, and you go respect me along the way. Mm-hmm. When, I have, when I have redirected a youngster, it has never been, screw you, old man, or none, no, ever, no, no type of disrespectful rebuttal. It's always been a hard OG or all right, big bro, or whatever the case may be. And part of that, and a, a huge part of that is because you're coming from a place of love, not a place of, um, what do you call it, malice. You know what I'm saying? It's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm correcting you because I love you. You know, and I, I want to see you succeed. Thirty years from now, I want you correcting. You know, I want you to be the man that's gonna correct my grands or great grands or what have you, simply because I'm stopping to take the time to pour into you. You know, so it's received that way because you give it that way. Um, and then I want to put a, a disclaimer out there just for the callers and the listeners. Um, when we say we, we're not. It's all inclusive. We're not limiting our weeds to females or males or, you know, it's not a color or ethnicity. It's we as a people. We are all in this. We are all responsible. We are all to blame for the world that we live in. Thank you. I agree 100%. That's part, that's, and that's part of, back to the original point of the show, we're too busy blaming other folk for things that they don't even have control over. But we're not blaming or holding each other accountable for what we have control over. 
You go to a job interview and you reeking of, of you know marijuana, and you wonder why you don't get the job. And you first thing you want to say is they was racist, or they didn't hire you because you're black. No, they didn't hire you because you were like was a professional. <laughs> Just the part, but somebody got to whisper some things and. And these young, these people here. And when I say young, I'm not necessarily meaning young in age. It could be young in the mind. Could be. But it's, mm-hmm. it's all of our responsibility. Everybody who's walking this this planet, it is in part their responsibility. Yeah, we gotta stop hiding. We gotta stop hiding behind uh, fear. Gotta stop hiding behind, uh, you know, our failures. Stop hiding behind, you know. Gosh, I can name thousands of things that we hide behind daily. Um, Just kind of gotta stand boldly in front of it. As anyone would say, you know, take the bull by his horns and ride it on out. I mean, you know, it's. It's a whole different freedom when you take responsibility and own it because you then put yourself in position, in control to correct it and write your own narrative. Um, And of course, I think that, that that bravery comes with prayer and meditation and obviously, you know, growing in faith. Um, like you said, that you had the revelation to, you know, start to speak up when you saw things wrong. And and I think that, you know, that growth came from your spiritual growth because it was how can we be children of God when we're not being our brother's keeper. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when that, that's part of the commandment, right? Love thy neighbor. Everybody is our neighbor. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, it, it's time that it's time that we stop hiding behind all these excuses. And, uh, you know, I tell our son that all the time. Like, no excuses. Like, don't, you know, it's, if you didn't turn an assignment in, don't sit up here and tell me because, you know, Mom, I got seven other classes. I've been to school. I've had seven classes. That's not an excuse. You know what I mean? So just in teaching, even in conversations as small as that, and he's learning, you know, like, no, you can't, you can't blame these teachers for what you don't learn them for your grade. You know, they, they're going to teach how they teach. Um, but anyway, it's, we got to, we got to step out. We got to step out and we got to take our responsibility and, and start to take our world back. Stop trying to, 
stop trying to build a system to suit and to fit everybody's personal wants. And we need to be able to live in a system that has um, boundaries set for whatever reason and um, learn how to live within those boundaries, live within those guidelines. I agree. It is definitely one of those situations where, um, again, I'm not, I don't worry about any any government. All I worry about is God. And as long as I abide by those rules, then I can stand against or within any government. Because Israel is first and foremost, if you will. But we 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 left out that part, right? Because everything else is about self gratification. Of course, the government is to sit on his shoulders. Right. You know, so so you know, if we if we have speed limit laws. Um, guidelines, rules, and regulations. Like, there's reasons why we should only go 25 on a school ground. Right. <laughs> you know, but we don't stop and think about that. It's, well, you know what, I don't want to go 25 on a school ground. I need to go 40 because I need to get my child and get to a doctor's appointment in 20 minutes. Well, let's see. Poor planning on your part shouldn't constitute an emergency on anyone else's, you should have left sooner. You know what I mean? So it's we 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 don't stop. We're we're looking at our personal situation and we're trying we're always trying to make everything personal. Make everything personal and make the laws and make make it suit us. But mm-hmm. it's it's here for the vast majority. 25, I'm sure there's a reason, but, I mean, I would assume that at 25 miles an hour, the impact, if you if you do, God forbid, hit someone or hit a child, the impact at 25 is less harmful than the impact at, at 40. Well, maybe at 25, maybe at 25 you can stop sooner, or, you know what I'm saying, it gives mm-hmm. the children time to get out of the street sooner or what the situation may be. Whatever the reason is, is there's a reason in, a, in an entire thought process behind laws being the way that they are. We know that children will dart out in the road. That's the reason why course. you go 25, so you can stop in a time of enough manner. Right. So it's... Why fight that? You know, and it's, I understand we, you know, we're taking just one scenario, um, but the, the point is, is that let's stop trying to make a system fit all of us. It's not going to. But what we can do is be responsible and change what we're in control of to preferably have a better outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, we can start conversations um, with with people 
who are in control, whether it's on your job or, you know, at the doctor's office, wherever, we can start having conversations to try and understand, you know, well, like if 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 you got denied some type of medication and someone else did, instead of automatically thinking it was when you gave, gave it to them because they were white and I didn't get it because they were black, um, ask the question, well, why can't I have that? You never know. You may be two pounds over the recommended limit for this type of medication because you don't know everybody's situation. And you can't take everybody who who has been involved in a racist situation, you can't take it and just apply that to you. Mm-hmm. So we have to be better. We have to be, um, I think, uh, get better at communicating. I think we have to first, 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 stop being afraid to ask the question. The question is why? Why didn't I get approved for the medication, or why can't I take this medication? What's wrong with that part? I'm going to tell you something that's going to blow your mind. There's nothing wrong with asking that. But you and I both know. Our children ask us why all the time. Do we always give them a why? We shut them down. Sometimes, now sometimes I entertain it, and sometimes I just don't feel like entertaining it because don't ask me why. Now, I don't know about you, but for me growing up, it, it wasn't, you You don't have the opportunity to ask me why. You don't, you know, it's like you don't get the right to ask me why. Um, just being honest. And, you know, you said, well, well, why? You know, well, can I have dessert? Well, why? And, and then sometimes it'll be because because you can't or because I said so. You know, sometimes it'll be because you didn't eat all of your food. You know what I'm saying? But when that question why comes up, it's we do everything we can to avoid answering. So that's why it's not being asked. Could be a reason why it's not being asked. You're absolutely right, which goes back to our the original, you know, getting away from, from essentially, I'm not going to say getting away from what our parents told us, but, but digging deeper and getting a greater understanding mm-hmm. of what's being taught. So when mm-hmm. it's just like when you know in older times it was it was seen as, as challenging to look someone in their eye, right? So now you don't look at people of in authority in their eye. You, you see what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Everything results into to whooping. So and then they tell you, "Well, I do it because I love you." And mm-hmm. you get in a relationship and you start beating your spouse because yeah, that's how because you love taught that because you love them, right? That's how you were displayed love, so that's how you know how to display love. So we gotta look at all those things and take all those things into consideration because sometimes it takes just a little bit more than that. Yeah, I agree. 
definitely agree with that. But again, it's up to us to go and research to answer those whys. Answer or those whys. Or why not? And not be afraid. You know, of what see, here's the thing too. Some people don't don't ever want to hear the truth. You know now. Being real, like if if you ask, there's just be honest. Uh, in in one of the sh- movies that we watched, um, and the and the black man and his kid were pulled over in uh, a predominantly white community, and they were driving an old you know older car. It wasn't beat up, and then it was a nice you know pretty nice ride, but it was still an older car that typically wouldn't be seen in that particular area. Do you think that? If he had asked the cop, well, why did you pull me over? And instead of the cop having to make up some, you know, bogus reason why I pulled you over because you were on your cell phone or, you know, because you made an illegal U-turn, if the cop had have said, pulled you over because you're a black man in a white neighborhood in an old beat-up car, Poor you because you don't look like you belong in this neighborhood. Do you think that the, the man can handle that? Do you think that when we ask the why, that we're really able to handle the absolute pure and honest truth of the why? No. It'll give us something else to cry about. And now... I'm going to tell you this. I don't know what a, what a white neighborhood looks like. I don't. I don't know the difference between a white neighborhood and a black neighborhood. What I do know... I mean, maybe all the houses are white. I don't know. What I do know is when it comes to to people, people protect and serve their interests, meaning those that, that pay taxes, we're going to do everything we can to keep those people safe. That's who pay my, my salary. Now, if they would have got out and said, you know, hey, you lost, you probably would have found something else to complain about. Why you pulled me over and asked me on my loss because I'm in, in this Honda Civic versus a Bentley? You know what I mean? You would have found something else to complain about. Right, but again, it's you know, in order for us to be able to ask the question, you gotta be able to take the straight up honest to God answer. If you can't take it, you know, we, we can't evolve if we can't handle the truth. You know, and it was you know, they sat and they sat and you know, in the mock trial or whatever they had in the movie and when and when he finally said when the guy finally said, you know, you know what, you are right. We didn't pull you over because of that. We pulled you over. We did profile you or whatever the case may be. And he spoke the honest to God truth. At that point, the man had gone through enough and, you know, he had lost his son and all he wanted was the truth. But he would not have been able to handle the truth that night. That night, he would not have been able to handle the truth. You're right. He would have found something. There would have been some other complaint. It would have, you know, it still would have, you know, may have escalated and gotten out of control. But 
We only get to a point where we want the truth when we're fed up and when something has been taken from us, and then we want to hear your truth. We don't want to hear your truth when, like, we want to hear it at a time where it's going to give us some type of comfort. We don't want to hear your truth if it's going to make us uncomfortable. We don't want to hear your truth if it's going to make us have to have a conversation um, about how we move forward from this stigma. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that um, is part of you can't pick and choose like you were saying earlier. Yeah. You now, with, with that, you you shouldn't you shouldn't have to if if the truth or the fact was consistent, we wouldn't have these these moments where it's questionable, where your intent is on trial, not your action, but your intent. Mhm, mhm. Intent don't get you anywhere. Action is what gets you someplace. When you I was intending that they have this good Samaritan law to where you can be sued if you're going, if you're helping someone, let's say they pass out and you perform CPR and you break their sternum. Mm-hmm. You can be sued. If yeah. you go to push someone out of the way to get them out of, of, of uh, the road and they fall and break their arm, you can be sued. You can be held liable. I can shoot you to save someone else's life. And that's self-defense. Mm-hmm. So we, it, because we've, we've started to, to lose our sight or vision or way even, we're starting to play the game that we shouldn't be playing. We should keep it about humanity and humanity alone in order to get someplace versus trying to figure out someone else's quote-unquote truth. You're exactly right. We have to do that. And then the next thing is is we have to stop acting out of fear. I mean, fear is is what gets people killed. Fear is what gets us in positions um, that we simply can't get out of, you know. There's no reason for us as, as people to fear each other. Well, we're, it's propagated, right? Fear sells. Fear is what is what sells. Fear sells guns. Fear sells bullets. Fear sells burglar bars. Fear get more funding to our neighborhood. Law enforcement, whatever the case may be, all fear. Yeah, but we have and to get out of that thing. Your experience. Mm-mm. You're right. It's not. Experience. Mm-mm. 
Whose experience is it from? The people who told us. <laughs> told us. Mm-hmm. Man, don't get cold over mm-hmm. after, after dark. And And here's the thing. They're telling you because somebody else told them. They probably never really experienced it. Uh-huh. Because the fear was instilled in them. Uh-huh. So, I mean, you know, is it safe to say that that we, we suffer from generations and generations of fear of, of somebody else? Um, yes. Shit, truth be told, unbeknownst to us. Yes. You know, don't, don't, don't ever move to, to this place or that place. You know, even like, uh, you know, in the area that we live in right now. You know, years ago, back in the 80s, Oprah tried to live here. And uh, she couldn't when they weren't selling no land. Don't ever go down there. You know, Oprah couldn't buy no house. You think you're going to be able to get one? Oprah, Oprah not being able to do what she doing ain't got nothing to do with me. Well, all I know is I'm just saying you already know what the reality of it is. You know, well, no, but okay. but again, you know, so, so my point being is, is, you know, when you act or don't act based on the fear of someone else, of someone else, of someone else, then you miss out on God's blessings. Point blank, period. There ain't no if ends or buts about it because what you got to know is one, God is bigger than that. Um, you know, so it's you got to get rid of, um, I'm not going to say get rid of fear. I guess it's okay to be fearful um, in some aspects, but you have to be in control of it. You got to know. You know, know that God is still on me, God. I think that I know biblically it says that God doesn't give you the spirit of fear. So mm-hmm. you can be cautious, but don't be fearful. Right. I mean, being cautious is smart. You know, just being aware of your surroundings is is, is being cautious, you know. Um, but again, you know, just gotta bring, I mean, get back to building, faith practicing. Um, and I think little bit by little bit that fear will go away. And, and, you know, don't get me wrong, I understand even in this whole, era of COVID, um, you know, I understand people is real and people have, have died from it. Then I heard on the radio today that, that we haven't had, check this out, any deaths reported in some amount of time caused by the flu. Well, they had 300 cases, so but no deaths, yes. Caused by flu. Why is that? Well, again, we don't we don't know if there has been any death because of COVID. We just know what was what was told to us. Mhm. So now that's everybody. What it is right there. And so now, 
you know. Now, don't get me wrong. People can do what they want to do. You know, they can, I, I ain't got nothing against what people decide to do. But, you know, now, suddenly, all these years, we've had all these thousands upon thousands of thousands of deaths because of flu. Now, we have COVID. No one has died from the flu. They're all dying from COVID. Now you need to get this shot or get this vaccination to protect yourself from COVID. But again, it still goes back to you not doing your own research. Mm -hmm. You got to research for yourself to see what's good for you versus sitting around and letting other people tell you what's good for you. We have a caller. Uh, 4600. Good evening. You know, yeah, good evening. Interesting conversation. You know, a lot of people just don't know how to do the research. It's not typically their fault. It's a lot of things that have happened over the years with them, some people decades. And I know it's tough, a situation that people find themselves in. No child wakes up in the morning wanting to be a failure. But they have to live the life that they were born in. You know, only thing I, one thing that I can say that uh, the least thing that, that, that uh, blacks can do, and I am black too, is to make sure your children are educated and exposed to as much as you possibly can expose them to. That's the least thing that you can do. Because when you look at all these attacks, the attacks are directed at the kids. And they don't want the kids. I'm going to say they they don't have to be white. They don't have to be black. But a lot of faces are black in the situation that you find your children, especially in these school systems, because they make money off your kids. Your kids not getting the education that they need where they compete with the world. And that's very sad. It's like putting them in the ring and tying both hands behind their back and telling them to go in there and beat the other person. So I just want to add that a lot of things that you've said have been very positive and on point. But ultimately, we have to raise the educational level of our children. And we have to direct them into the hard stuff and expose them to what they need to have in order where they can be successful at it. Me personally, I think they play too. Yes, sir. I'm going to say this. I hate to cut you off, but I'm going to say this. I'm going to piggyback off that real quick with this comment. We we shelter them from the hard stuff instead of exposing them. You're absolutely right. Mm Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. But I know you're running out of time. No, we're not. We're good. I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you. And, you know, it's just like sports. See, Uh y'all children look to sports as a key to get out of where they are. But sports have to be balanced with academics. It has to be balanced. It's just like betting on a horse. If you have opportunity to bet on two horses, you would. Because if the one fails, then you got the other one that you can depend on. Mm hmm Insurance, yeah. spare tires. We everything has has a, a contingency plan. That's right, and uh, we got to get back to the family too. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. You got to have the child got to look at a mother and a father doing things. And I don't care if you don't get along. The most important thing is that you do for those children. You can't Absolutely. run out on each other. And then what's going to happen to the child? Mm-hmm. And we got to have real, got to have real grandparents, not thirty-five year olds. <laughs> grandparents bring. Grandparents bring intergenerational assets to the making of the family, and we have to. It has a need, strong need, to get back to that. So I'm gonna let you guys get back to your program, and uh, I just wanted to comment on those things. Well, thank you very much. Thank and you. I know okay. that grandparents also bring balance. They bring mm-hmm. a workplace balance to the family. Because parenting, the mother and the father, they're working to raise. The grandparent come in and not only teach that, that generational, but also bring that play. And okay. we have gotten so far re- removed from our grandparents and the way that we were raised because I want to raise my child better than that. Well, you're an adult now, so it doesn't seem like you was raised bad. So why are you trying to run from the way you were raised? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, some ch- some adults were just kids last week. So they need their grandparents. They need their grandparents who've been through all those trials and tribulations, and their hair is silver. They need their grandparent in order to give them instructions and guide them. And with wisdom that they have acquired, there's no substitute for that. You can't watch a Dr. Phil on TV and substitute that. It's not possible. You're talking about something that's been tried, proved, and tested since the beginning of human beings. So anyway, I'm going to get going. Thank you very much. Thank you. Exposure, like, like the gentleman just made mention of, it is our fault that we don't expose Ours, and it's our parents' fault that we didn't get any exposure, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth, because it could be because fear was instilled versus, you know, we, we were, mm-hmm. the hard stuff was, was hidden from us. Can't go over there because um, they don't like black people over there, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be, but how do you know that there's a life beyond this neighborhood if you don't go explore mm-hmm. other neighborhoods? Mm-hmm. And it also will help you with diversity. Mm-hmm. Cultural awareness, that will help you. Mm-hmm. We, and I we, think we, that, we, uh, quite yeah. honestly, um, I can see the difference in our children versus how we were raised. You know, we grew where we grew up, we went to school with people who, you know, 90% of the population looked like us, or we lived in an area where everybody looked like us. Um, Not a whole lot of diversity. Um, But I think that even when you think about where we live, the demographics are so diverse that they're exposed to all types of cultures, all types of um, of learning abilities, all types of languages. 
you know, even, you know, when we grew up, we, I lived in a neighborhood and the church in the neighborhood was, was for the white folks. And we didn't go to the church. I mean, we had, we played on the church ground, rode the bike on the church ground, and, you know, played ball and stuff. But on Sunday, we didn't go on the church ground because the white folks came to our neighborhood to have their church. We didn't go to the church. We had to drive out of our neighborhood. You know, it wasn't far, but even still, we went to a different church. Like, black people and white people didn't go to church together. Now, you have, you know, you have black, you have white, you have Asian, you have Latin, you have, you know, Mexican. You have uh, all types of people going, like, in the congregation, physically there, not to mention you you know, with with the virtual capability and technology, you're tapping into all types of other countries um, and being able to connect with people you otherwise would have never connected with. So I think that, you know, I'm grateful for our children having opportunities like that because that's what's, um, that's what's going to change the world. You know, I agree, and I know, uh, I believe one of the things that really helped me is because the neighborhood I was raised in was predominantly black, being bused to a school in in another neighborhood gave me more exposure to Mm -hmm. things, again, beyond the black neighborhood. And that's where you get a deeper appreciation. That's where you can have those dreams and, and visions and ideas of something mm-hmm. greater than where you are now. It also gives you that level of of competition. Not saying you're the smartest in your neighborhood. It shows that you can be smart amongst anyone and everyone. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the key. You're not just limiting yourself. You're not limiting... Uh, your mind to just your current situation. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the best part about nowadays, if you will. But we have to take advantage mm-hmm. of it. Absolutely. We have to. Well, that is our time for tonight. If you if your heart and mind are clear, we can go ahead and pray out, and we will resume soon. My heart and mind is clear, and and I think that if you know, if I don't walk away from this call with anything else. Um, I'm walking away with a deeper uh, appreciation for knowledge and just the ability to know things and research things for myself. Um, So. Knowledge is beautiful. And and especially where you can apply what you've learned. And it it gives you another sense of, of humility because 
you can teach. And you don't have to beat yourself across because the knowledge is, is actually factual. It can be proven. It's not the idea of truth, but it's factual. That's what I love about knowledge, and I will continue to do the research. You, you tell me something, that's great. But the next time we meet again, I'll be able to expand yeah. on that just a little bit more. Right. Excuse me, my apologies. So, I I did take that away as well, and uh, also accountability. We got to continue to be accountable for what we know, and be accountable for what we don't know. Absolutely. But you don't want to spread what you don't know because that will put a ceiling on someone else's life, and that's not fair to them. And truthfully, it's a shame on you. Mm-hmm. So, my heart, mind clear. <laughs> With that being said, we'll go ahead and pray, and again, we'll resume uh, here in the near future. All right. Father God, we thank you for the call on tonight. We thank you for the subject matter. We thank you for the participants and the listeners. Father God, we know that none of this would be possible without you, even the knowledge, even recognizing it to apply it. So we thank you for all of that. We thank you for the panel who, in their absence, and we know that you're with them as well. Continue to keep them safe and keep your hands around all of us as a country, as a people. We, we know that we're your kids your children, and we all brothers and sisters, and we should love each other accordingly. With that being said, Lord, we love you. Keep us safe, heal the country, heal those that are sick, and strengthen those that bereave them. In Jesus' name, we pray and we love you. Amen. Amen. This concludes tonight's episode of From the Streets to the Pulpit. I am your host, number one. With Mrs. Quick, and in the absence of Pastor Robinson, Dr. Twin, and my brother Joel, stay safe, love God, get a relationship with God, and build on that. Wash your hands. Peace. Thank you.
Knocking me 